we're going to start from the 57th verse and go to the 66th verse. And the scripture says, now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth. And she gave birth to a son. Then her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her his great mercy, and they rejoiced with her. Thank you, Lord. When they came to circumcise the child on the eighth day, they were going to name him Zachariah after his father. But his mother responded, no, he will be called John. Then they said to her, none of your relatives has that name. So they motioned to his father to find out what he wanted him to be called. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they were all amazed. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. May the Lord add a blessing. Oh, fear came on all those who lived around them. And all these things were being talked about throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard him took it to heart, saying, what then will this child become? What then will this child become? For indeed, the Lord's hand was with him. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. As you can see on the screen, the title of this message is Name the Baby. Name the baby. I know many of us are, are of the note-taking kind. So the title of today's sermon is Name the Baby. If you, if you think about the, the um, New Year's Eve live service, I preached on the birth of John the Baptist. And it is a pretty integral part to the nativity story However, we never discuss it because we focus on Jesus, but not the one that paved the way. And as I was praying about, okay, well, whatever I speak the next time, what God, what does He want me to say? He said, "Here's the thing: you, we, we, we declare that God is is entering into a season of the forerunner for those who are who are preparing the way of the Lord. That's great." And, you know, we all have callings, we all have purposes. And like, you know, we have these titles, we have these echelons, we, do, we are in all these layers. But God, is, God said, if I took it all away from you, if I took everything away from you, if I took the title, if I, if I took the prestige, if I took away the attention, if I took everything away from you, what will be left? We have a lot of people who know, what know their title. They, they, they place all their identity, everything they am on this one. This is what I do. But you have no idea who you are. This is the battle that we're seeing in the modern church. We have a lot of people who are chasing after power, who are chasing after platform, who want people to see them. They want to, they want to be like Benny Hinn and be like touch and everybody fall out. They want to do all, they want to prophesy. They want to do all these things, but they have no idea who they are. I'm going to give you, give you an illustration and she gave me permission. Growing up, 
all my life. I never knew that Pastor Gene's name was actually Gene. In the family, she was Teresa. In my phone, to this day, she's Aunt Teresa. And when I was growing up, my favorite spot in my grandma's house was actually her room because she had all the Archie comics. It was just peaceful. I would, you know, I would sneak, I wasn't supposed to be in there, but I sneak up there. <laughs> just to read those Archie comics and be like, wow, this is cool. Aunt Teresa, or Pastor Jean, as y'all know her now, has always been the glue of our family. And I noticed something as I got older, because I didn't know my aunt's first name was Jean until she was at New Shiloh. We were talking about this last week after church, and she even talked about how when she was in school, they would call out Jean, and she'd be like, and they're looking at her like, is that you? And she's like, no, my name's Teresa. No, Eugene. No, my name's Teresa. I remember Teresa as this quiet woman, unassuming, in the back. She was working. She was moving, but you never saw her behind the scenes. Pass me my phone. My, my sugar fine. It's just I'm far away. <laughs> um, she was always in the back very quiet. You knew she was thinking. I knew I wanted to be like her. I wanted to go to college like her. I wanted to do cool things like that. Not my shirt. I wanted to do cool things. I wanted to be, I wanted to be just like my auntie. And then as I grew up, I got to meet Jean. I told her that when she was Teresa, it was like she was like she was Jean Grey from X-Men. Y'all remember X-Men from the 90s? Y'all remember that? Jean Grey had a lot of power, but she also showed a lot of restraint. There we go. And it seemed like at times that she was afraid to use that power. But then all of a sudden, Jean Grey became Phoenix. Phoenix was so bad, they had a whole mini-series with her in it, just her, like 10 parts, because she had found her voice, she had found her power. And as I got older, and I began to really sit back, and you know, living life, you, you see things, you remember things, I saw this woman named Jean rise up. Nobody around her called her Teresa, she was Jean. And that boldness that I knew she had in the background as Teresa, it came out. Preaching woman. I remember for a time she, she stayed with my with Bishop and elect lady. And I stayed over once and I woke up at five o'clock in the morning and all I could hear was prayer coming from the basement. And it wasn't no now nah, lay me down to sleep prayer. It was warfare and intercession. Most kids would be like, oh, she being too loud. I just laid there and I soaked it in because she was walking in who she is. I need y'all to catch that. Now, I didn't say she was. She is walking in who she is. 
many people in ministry put things, put the cart before the horse. For God, for, for, for them to literally say, you gonna name this child John, we naming him John. Everybody's like, ain't nobody in your family named John. And for Zacharias, because you remember, since he laughed at God in the holy place, what did God do to him? Shut his mouth. And he wrote, his name is John. And the next thing you know, he's talking and praising God again. Because he was obedient to what God was calling them to do. And this is something I've asked myself constantly. Because I had to go through an experience where I lost everything. And Pastor Trey talked about love, walking in love. And she said something, I'm paraphrasing it. She said, you cannot walk in love if you don't know your name. Ain't that deep. You cannot walk in love until you know your name. I want you to think about this as we progress through this sermon. What, what is your name? What, is your, what are you answering to? For some of us, we might be still stuck in the past. I'll give another example. Our own bishop. You've heard Bishop's testimony. I was there for it. And I remember when he first got saved, because it wasn't no in and out, in and out, in and out. Once he was in, he was all the way in, 10 toes deep in. But people hadn't caught up to the change. And the change wasn't like this slow process, it was instantaneous. When he said, I just got saved, I said, what? All right, okay, this is gonna want this last. It's been lasting. But there were people who had not caught up to the fact that he was no longer Bobby. That's how he used to say his name. Mm, you look just like your daddy. Your daddy, your daddy Bobby. Yeah, you look just like Bobby. Then they used to say it like that all the time. Bobby. And they admit they hadn't caught up to what God was doing. So people were running around the greater Columbus area thinking that he was still was who he was. And I had to tell somebody, um, in case, like, my, my dad, my dad saved. They're like, what? He, yes, my father saved. Bobby doesn't, is not here anymore. Is Robert. To me, he's daddy. That's Robert. And as time progressed, people began to see the change. Why, why, why am I taking my time with this? Because this is totally this is not my notes. Like I had like all these scriptures listed down. God's like, I need you to stay here for a second. I need you to understand that even if any man be in Christ, he's a what? A new creation. 
Before you can function in your giftings, in your calling, in your offices, you have to have an understanding of who you are. Me being in the bishopric came to surprise surprised nobody. No one was shocked. My dear brother, Bishop Iron White, said, finally. I said, I ain't been pastoring that long. He said, it doesn't matter. You have, to, you have to track ready to prove it. But it's not just about the things that I did. It's about the person that I am. Because I have been doing the work long before I got the title. And what shocks people is that just because my title has changed, I have not changed. Because people put their stake in the reputation in this name and the certificate that's hanging up on the wall. And you know, I, and, you know people are given, um, y'all remember the last dragon? The last dragon, you know, show enough. He, they're giving kiss my converse energy. But the thing is, if you really pay attention to show enough, show enough was a bully because of his own insecurity. He, I gotta prove something to everybody. I, I'm the baddest. Who the baddest? Show enough. Who the prettiest? Show enough. If people have to announce your attributes when you walk in the door, that's a you problem. But we have that same mentality in the kingdom that once we get some levels, once we get some echelons, once we, once you know, once we get to wear the big old ring and get to sit in the, sit, get to sit on the stage and got to kneel and kneel to pray and all that other stuff and make the I made it face. Y'all know that face. People like you know, whole church be up and up and praise and they, they just in there like the glory to God. But yet your character, your character. Is messy. You're up here, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this just to say, I'm saying it because I've lived it, that, that you're on this stage, you're doing all this, God, God, if God can use a donkey, surely he can use you, and he, he uses you in your most messed up state, but yet you are behind the scenes, and you have no idea who you are. For me to be effective in the spaces that I'm in, and I find it funny that after everything happens, doors begin to fly open. Because to be effective in the spaces that I sit in now in 2024, I had to come to terms with who I am. I had to be okay with the fact that I'm one of the nerdiest people I know. If you go into my office at work, it is literally like a Lego museum, and my students are making it worse. Go in my office, there's an LED Sonic the Hedgehog statue. I had to become okay with the fact that I, I am not anointed in the sports ministry. Because we stake, I'm gonna go, can I go? Ma, can I go here real quick? We stake our masculinity and our femininity solely on these two. On the, can you throw a ball? Can you look? Look, I can teach you how to throw a ball, but I, but I also know how to put in a good weave. I had to be okay with that. I had to be okay with the fact that I love learning. I also had to be okay with the fact 
that God created me to love people. The origin, the, the meaning of my name, Casanova, when you hear the name Casanova, you think of Giacomo Casanova, when that who, let me put it, he, he, he got real busy. He, he was very occupied back in the day. Very, very, very extremely busy. So when people see me, it's all, so, you know, are you really, you really like the name? Are you like what your name means? No, I have no game. I don't know how in the world I got married. I, I, I look at my wife and say, why? Why me? She's like, because you're cute. I'm like, that's not enough. I didn't walk up on her, I didn't walk on her back. Sup, girl? Yeah, praise. Mm. Oh, we met at a church, so I, I wasn't going like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Let's read some songs of Solomon together. It was literally, hi. Exactly. When I told her, I said, God, God said, that's the one she ran from me. Ask her when she, next time you see her, she'll be like, it's true. That's pretty much how we broke up the first time. Um, but if you look at the base of, of my name, it means great love. And lover does not necessarily mean you, you got to have a body count all, all, that greater than the, the population of the state of Ohio. I have to become okay with the fact that I am a nurturer by nature. That I'm not called to be brash. I'm called to be loving but also have an edge. I'm called to be a speaker of the truth. And God uses those attributes to make me who I am. That's why I do the things I do. Wear the stuff I wear. Because when you become, when you, feel, when you realize who you are, it's going to help, help somebody. When you realize who you truly are and also compile that with who God has called you to be, what God says, the baseline, that you are the sons and the daughters of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. You're grafted in. You're adopted that you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. Peculiar literally means you're different, you're weird. There's something about you. I preached the message about that years ago. There's something, there's something about you that's different. I can't peg it, but I like it. That you are heirs and co-heirs. To the promises of God. The battle with the church in its current state right now is that we have a lot of performers. We got some people who even believe, but we don't have sons and daughters. If God is our Father, 
And what I like what I like the um, Jewish tradition where they didn't name the baby for, set for until the eighth day. Because they understood the value of a name. My children's names are Robert Scott Theophilus. Robert, because long story short, he looked at me and said, name your first son after me. Scott is my father-in-law's name. And Theophilus, my Bible scholars, y'all should know what that name is. That is the audience that Luke writes to in the book of Luke and the book of Acts. The friends and lovers of God. Then we have Vanessa Michelle Hadassah. Vanessa was my mother's middle name. Michelle was my mother-in-law's middle name. Hadassah is the Hebrew name of Esther. And you know what that name means. It means formed by crushing. To get the oil, thank you, Jesus, to get the oil out of the myrtle tree, you have to crush it. To get the oil out of an olive, what do you have to do? You have to crush it. And I find it funny that her name means formed by crushing because at the time, my wife and I were, going, were determining if we won't be together or not. It explains why she's so stubborn. And what I notice about my children, Theo, in the midst of all of his Theoness, has a heart for God. Hattie, and it was all her hattiness, even that too. She has tenacity and she has passion. And my job as the parent is to nurture it. We're gonna try some, we're trying something new in this generation. We're, we're nurturing the giftings that are coming out of our children. What is your name? What is your name? God told me to drop this on you. Half the reason why you're, you're struggling hearing God, God's voice is because he's calling your name and you've been ignoring him. Because you're so used to, to being called everything but what your name is. You're used to, be, used to being called a drunk. You're used to being, being called, called promiscuous. You're used to being called, called less than, that you are the scum of the earth. That, that, that you're, you're used to being, oh, you're just going to perpetuate the curses of your family. You are so, you're used to being called all those other things. And God is trying to get your attention. Because he's called you son. He's called you daughter. If God took everything away from you, this is a hard thing to think about because we're coming into perilous times. COVID-19 was practiced. Because we had to seek God for what? Ourselves. You could not rely on the preacher. You could not rely on someone else. 
you had to go to God yourself. If you look at the instances where God changed people's names, it was after an encounter. Jacob had to wrestle with the angel to become Israel. Abram and Sarai got changed to Abraham and Sarah. So that way Abraham could become the what? The father of many nations. Saul, the murderer, the mercenary, the, he was a Roman citizen, but he was also a Pharisee by teaching, that his job, he, and he found joy in the fact that he was killing Christians and what he thought was in the name of God, had to become Paul, one of the greatest apostles outside of the 12. The majority of the New Testament is written by that man. Because if Saul would have remained Saul and then, then, then kept trying to minister, there was a block. Why? Because instead of receiving from him, they would be afraid that, that he was going to murder them. Abram and Sarai had to be changed from Abraham to Sarah to get their mind changed and prepared for their purpose and their calling. Jacob got his name changed to Israel because he was tenacious. He was not going to let that angel go until he got a blessing. And also, Jacob's name came with baggage because Jacob was, right, was rolling on with, with, with a stolen birthright. God had to, had to change their names to fulfill his purpose. Before you, come to, before you have come to the knowledge of Christ, you have carried these labels, you have carried these names, you have carried all of these things, but then you've come to the knowledge of Christ and you're trying to move forward, you're trying to figure out what's holding you back. You are answering to, the, to what you were. You're answering to what you were. But now it's time to go to God and have that encounter and say, God, who who am I? What's my name? What, what's my name? Not who you called me to be. What is my name? You knew me before, before I was formed in my mother's womb. I wasn't in stasis. I was up there in the heavenlies with you. And you knew what's my name? Who have you called for me to be? I tell you this, once you have that, once you have hold of that, this walk is going to be a lot easier. I need you to take hold of that. What is your name? What is your name? I know my name. And I praise God. Because when I forget, he reminds me. He's like, Cass, you are my son. I preach a message called glory carriers. I really got to bring that message back. And there's a scripture that talked about, it says children twice, but it's two different Greek words, technon and huios. Technon 
You're just a child. Huios is a child worthy of the of inheritance. They are they have proven themselves responsible and relational. I want that. Tell me, God, tell me my name so I know so I know how to hear your voice. Then when you speak to me, I stop what I'm doing and I sit at the feet of the Father. Then when you declare a thing, I know it's from you and I can speak it for. If when you when you declare a thing, I can go and do what you've called for me to do. Then when you give me instruction, I'm not going to fight you, I'm just going to do it. When everybody else is talking all this smack, all this mess, all this stuff, yelling and screaming at me, I'm, I can tune them out and know that you will speak life into me. Even if you correct me, you will speak life into me because you have called. My name is connected to my purpose. So once I know my name, then I can, I'm able to walk in my purpose. I can walk in what you showed me. I can be the fullness of who you called me to be. Just, I need to know my name. As we go on this journey together this year, I believe that one of the things that God has sent me here to do is to speak forth identity and affirm the fullness of who you are. Because you are going to have to be able to turn around as people walk through these doors and do the same for them. There is some point in time that someone looked at you and said that you were the underdog that you are not enough. And that has been a part of you as God has grown and matured you. I'm never gonna be that. I'm never gonna get the devil as a liar. If God said it, that's what it is. God doesn't lie. We don't believe. If God lied, this it's a wrap. We dead. You have to thank you, Jesus. God is going to deliver us from the underdog mentality. That we are the sons and daughters of God. And if Daddy said I can do it, I'ma do it. If he looks at me and say, Cash, you cash, he can do it. Guess what? I'm gonna be I can do it. Let me tell my son I he that, you know, he's like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then I'm like, Bubby, you can do it. And we sit down and do it, he gets all It's time for you to feel that. You have been abused, you've been beaten long enough. The very thing I'm telling you is the very thing we're going to have to do as this church grows, as these churches grow. 
this is something I have to, I do every single day. It's time to call you forth. It's time to call you higher. It's time to call you by your name. Father God, in the name of Jesus, actually before I pray, if you are willing to partner with this word today, if you, and if you are physically able, can you stand up for me? Thank you, Jesus. Minister Paul, the day, the underdog days are over for you. God has blessed you and grown you in leaps and bounds. I remember when I first met you and I saw the potential in you. You went from a man who was scared, who was fearful, who had been hurt, mortally wounded by the church. No one had any idea about your reading ability. You just felt like you were here and you were existing. But now God has made you a man of faithfulness, of tenacity, a man of integrity. And what you thought was a weakness, God has made your strength. And I know that the enemy likes to come to you at night. There are some nights that you literally cannot sleep. It is not because God is speaking, it's because the enemy is trying to attack your mind. The underdog season is over for you. When those thoughts come, when those thoughts to diminish you try to come, use the word. No weapon, nothing formed against you, man of God. Will, can, or shall prosper. With lifted hands, let's pray. <sighs> Father God, as we stand in this place, in this moment of surrender. Lord, I pray over every single person, not just under the sound of a voice, but I have chosen to partner with the word that you have released today. I break the spirit of doubt and the spirit of fear that has tried to overtake the people of God. Satan, you are a liar and a defeated foe. Now God, I pray that over this next week that they experience Abba, Abba Father, Father God, that they experience and they, and they find out this is my name, this is what you called for me to be. 
I, I speak to the generational curses that, are, that have been trying to rise up in the past few weeks, and I command them to stop in the name of Jesus. We break contract with those curses. We didn't even, we didn't even write the contract, God, but Lord God, we, we break the contract that our ancestors made for these things to happen. They are not my portion. They, will not, they are not my future. Whew, Jesus. God, they are not my portion and they are not my future. And I shall walk in generational blessing. We break contract with those things. We say, God, give us, speak my name. Speak my name. Whisper into my ear. Because I know you speak in the still small voice. Speak my name. God, when things get difficult, when things get, get ugly, speak my name. Remind me of who you've called for me to be. God, remind me of who you set for me to be. And God, lead and guide me as I make decisions in my life. God, move me forward so that way you can get the glory out of me in the end. Because God, I want you to get the glory out of my life. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I decree and declare the season of the underdog is over. Because the under, a misfit is not an underdog. It's a peculiar person you've created for a purpose. So, Lord God, I speak purpose over this room in the name of Jesus. I speak calling over this room in the name of Jesus. I speak vision over this room in the name of Jesus. And, Lord God, I pray every decision that is made is made based off the purpose, the calling, and the vision that ultimately lead to the destiny you have called them for. Lord God, most of all, I pray that you pour out your spirit upon your sons and your daughters as you promised on Joel 2, that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your own old men shall dream dreams and young men shall dream shall dream visions even upon your 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 hand service and your handmaidens that you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh in the name of jesus in the name of jesus god heal from the past Heal from the past. Deliver us from who we were. Pull us out of the darkness and into what you have called, called the light to that you pull us out of the darkness, pull us out of the pain, pull us out of the trauma, pull us out of the depression, so that way we may hear your voice and another that we, we will not follow in the name of Jesus. Call us by our names, God. Call us by our names, God call us by our names in Jesus name amen amen let's give God praise for the word